Hello, everyone. It is Trisha. That was really loud. Um, I just got back to the barn and cleaning some stalls. I thought we would have a chat. Um, so I've had a lot of people asking kind of about all the futurity stuff. Um, so this year is obviously like the most that I have gone. You know, we went to Colorado. We did Oklahoma City and BFA and uh, we're coming back around to them again. And then we're um, getting ready next week. I leave for Utah and then we come back for, I think, like a week. And then we go to um, Cheyenne, Wyoming. So we, uh, we're definitely making the rounds this year. Um, so it's some people ask me, you know, like, how do you decide? So, um, so this year we are going way further than I probably normally would go because I have a really nice horse this year. And so, um, it is way more than I personally wanted to do, but, um, it's been a really great experience and I'm super happy to have Sway on the trailer. So she, um, she has dictated my futurity schedule this year. Um, and last year, you know, I had the Sinaloa Stinson horse and he did pretty good too. He won about 40,000 and, um, you know, we kind of had a short, a short year. He really only run in February and March. Um, and then COVID hit and everybody, everything got kind of canceled and shut down. So, um, last year I probably would have went to a lot more stuff. Uh, but a lot of it, you know, got canceled. Um, so how do you decide? So, um, around here, so I'm in North Texas. Um, oh, it is freaking tough here. Like I feel like we play with wolves every day that we go anywhere. So, um, it's really, really tough to, to win here. It's very hard. So you have to have like, really, I think, uh, you know, as a th- late three-year-old, you really need to be thinking that they would be able to hit that you, you should be thinking that they, sh- they could hit the one D here. So if you talk about like BFA, so we're, we're kind of to the point now where we're trying to decide who's going, right? I have four three-year-olds. Um, I have a, a slick, uh, Ivory James and Eddie and a hot colors and they're all kind of at different stages. They kind of all got started at different times, had a little different experiences, but um, you know, we're trying to decide who will go and who won't. So I have two that I think will be able to make the BFA. So um, I have the Eddie who's, um, you know, got quite a bit of time on her and she feels really good, got a lot of natural ability. She feels like she could, you know, make a, pretty decent pass. I feel like I could get two solid runs out of her. And then I have, um, a slick for someone else that, um, you know, she had hauled her around a little bit and I just kind of got her a little more freed up and she's pretty solid. And so I feel like that that mare could make same thing, two solid runs. So how do you know if they're going to win money? Well, I feel like at that show, so BFA, the juvenile is typically one you know, you might have like one really fast horse or a couple, but generally if you're like, if you can be half a second off, um, you know, in there with, so within a second, you're probably gonna, you know, do pretty good and, um, you know, definitely have a chance. So we just want to see that those Colts 
more or less or, or just making solid passes, like confident, solid passes. So I have the two that I think will be ready. Then I have two. Um, I have that Ivory James that's a sister to Sway. I think that, you know, I got her a little bit later. Um, I think she's very talented, and I think she will definitely, like, be able to go next year. I don't think she's one I'd want to say for a five-year-old or anything, but um, she is, you know, a little more behind. I haven't had her very long, and we just started on the pattern, and she's doing pretty good, but she's just behind, you know. Um, so her and the other one I feel like will be something that will go, you know, February – February is probably a really solid goal for them. So I have two I think will be no problem to get to the juvenile. And I have two that I think just are probably going to need a little bit more time. Um, and that will kind of dictate, too, is like where we go, right? So then you decide how far you want to go. So the bad thing about the fraternities is it's really pretty expensive to do. It's expensive to play. Um I often wonder this because I usually am riding my own horses and it's really expensive. Um, last year I took uh, four horses to Lazy E and I'm pretty sure it was like $1,600 just for my stalls and RV for four horses, like which I think is astronomically high. I'm sure there were some shavings in there, but I'm just like, gosh dang, how do people afford to do this crap whenever it's you know, so much for just stupid crap. <laughs> so anyway, I'm thankful for Lazy E because they stood strong and they continued to do races all through the COVID stuff. So, um, you know, I'm happy about that, but it was still really expensive. So anyway, how do you afford to do that? Like if you're not winning, how is, how can you afford to go? So, um, what I think is the best thing, you know, so I have some that, you know, are a little slower, a little more, need a little more time to mature. And so, you know, my advice really is that you probably need to be, you know, clocking pretty steady, you know, in the one and 2D to make it worthwhile, you know, to really go to a futurity. Now, if you're doing like amateur stuff like that, um, you know, obviously then you got, probably got a little more room to play, but, um, but it's really hard. So I used to think about that when I was younger. You know, it used to suck because I'm like, hey, it sucks. Like, you're a little more than an amateur, but you're not enough to play with the professionals, you know? Like, it was really hard kind of going through that stage. And so if you are in that position now, I want to tell you to stay strong because um, getting your ass kicked is what makes you good. So eventually you learn how to stop getting your ass kicked. Um, you know, and this year has been kind of funny because we have so many people that are like, oh my gosh, you've done so great. And I've had a lot of nice horses, but you know, nobody cares until you're winning. So, um, you know, that part of it is hard. You're going to go a lot of places and just not have the runs that you want, the runs that you need. You know, when you, when you, it's expensive and you're financing it, it's, it can be pretty tough. So, um, you know, I think it's okay to do like a futurity here and a futurity there or set, set goals for yourself and say like, you know, Hey, I need to win this much or I'm going to come home and I'm going to do jackpots and I'm going to sharpen the ax and, you know, get ready and try again, you know, and then if I win here, 
want some money to keep going, then I'm going to keep going, you know, to the next one. So, um, I've been really lucky to have, you know, really, really nice horse this year. I had a really nice horse last year. Um, I have, uh, my favorite one for this next year is the Pritzy Mare. She's feels like the perfect mix of the two that I had before. So I really hope I can get a lot done on her. Um, but you know, it's, it's hard. I know people don't talk about all that and, you know, you see those trainers that are winning and a lot of people want to idolize them. And what I want to ask you, you know, is that trainer that rides 20 of the best horses out there that wins on one or wins on two, you know, how good of a trainer is that? Because we see that a lot around here and you're talking about, you know, people that have the best of the best. And it's like, I, you know, it gets kind of like lost in translation, right? Somebody else saddles those horses and somebody else warms those horses up and the trainers get on for five minutes and, you know, tune them up. And then it's like, I feel like they have the horse power to be winning a lot more than they do. They don't put the time into it, you know, always that's needed. And I'm not saying that's everybody because there's a lot of really excellent trainers around here too that, that I know ride probably more than I do. <laughs> but, you know, I see that, that a lot, you know. So I kind of want to see all you know all sides of it so think about that next time you see somebody winning you're like oh it's so great to be them and it's like it's probably not they probably don't even have time to you know drink a coke i mean they're probably so slam riding horses for people and and um you know just they don't know those horses so in the past that's how i made my money was buying horses that junked out of other people's program and then putting the time into them that they needed. They just needed somebody to pay attention. It wasn't ever that they were junk. So I've done pretty good on, on that side too. I'm definitely somebody that'll tell you to buy the best bred horse you can afford. So um, I know that you know, everybody has to kind of start from the bottom and work their way up, and there's no problem with that. I mean, that's how how I come up too. But they, you know, I I find like on my page, I get I get kind of a lot of backlash for the riding papers thing. But I let me tell you, you can ride papers, and if you're riding some horse now and you tell me that you can't, it's because you haven't rode the right set of papers. You know, you can literally find everything that you want in a horse that you didn't even know you could pick out um and also so the other side of that is like let's say i have a no-name horse or like nothing popular you know and i put in all this time and all this effort and all this money and all these miles going up and down the road and it costs all this money you know to do this i mean this is why barrel horses are expensive because it's a lot of time so that let's say that prospect is doing pretty good and he's you know here and there you know clocking a little bit and showing some potential well it's like that prospect is probably going to bring you know twenty thousand maybe thirty thousand for like a really nice one or something kind of going and running making some runs you know then you have the pedigrees and it's like literally i want you guys to remember i mean someone will pay you a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars for a horse that's clocking in the 1D that's super well, you know, popular breeding that's good to look at. You know, I mean, the, uh, the sky is the limit. So when you're, when you add the papers to the whole package, you really have, you have so much more room. So I ask you, if you're putting in all this time and money and effort, 
you know, what do you want to be riding? Okay. Now I can tell you the first like good horse I ever had. I had this mare when I was younger and, um, she, she was a really big asshole. <laughs> she, she was cow bred. Um, she had a bad attitude, but like literally I got her to where she would make the same run every single time. Like literally a monkey could have rode this mare and she'd run like she could pretty well be in the 2D locally and then with like 3D at big shows, but like anyone could ride her. Like she'd same trip like religiously. Okay. So I got her going. Well, somebody wanted to trade me for this mare. And so I traded him for a blown up son of Dasher Perks. So like he would run off, run out, do all kinds of stupid stuff, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, I was like 19 at the time, right? So I got this horse and got him going and he um he he was also an asshole but i put all the time and money into him right and i got him going and i sold him you know six months later or something for twenty thousand dollars well the first horse the cow horse that i had i i bought for two thousand dollars okay so at the end of the day i had two thousand dollars into this horse right traded Got the other one, sold him for $20,000, and I was paying, working, you know, and got that and ended up buying. I put a little bit of money with that, and that's how I bought my first Dash to Fame son. Okay, so he was super talented horse. Long story short, um, I sold him probably for what I had into him, and um, I got a lot of experience. I met a lot of cool people. I met a lot of people on Futurity stuff, you know, that did all that. Uh, and you know, he was a stallion. So it, I learned a lot about it. Uh, I also learned that I prefer not to ride on sons of dash to fame. So <laughs> my own personal preference, there's a lot of super badass ones. They're a little quirky. I can deal with a lot of quirks and I think I, maybe I just have a bad attitude about it. Who knows? But anyway, so no more dash to fame's sons for, for me. I would love to have a Philly one day. Um, but you know, so that's how it goes sometimes, but I, I got the best bred horse I could afford, right? I come up, I put in the time and work. I turned a $2,000 cow bred horse into a freaking superstar dash to fame prospect. So, I mean, and that took me, you know, like a year and a half, two years or something like that. Not as long as you'd think. So don't be afraid to like start down there at the bottom, you know, and come, come back up in that aspect you know and then i have another one that um that i got she was a cowbred mare and i pulled her out of a field she was cutting reject at this place we were leasing and i remember i, I was probably 18 or so when I, we got her and i had to make payments on her she's 4500 bucks and i had to it took me probably like eight months to pay this mare off you know trade it out for like board and for you know commission selling some of the mother horses and stuff like that Okay, so I got her going, and she was really nice. Her name was Vibrant Rose. She did pretty good for me, and then, um, you know, I ended up trading her for a new Dodge Dooley, which was great at the time because I was getting divorced and have a truck and <laughs> needed a truck. I was going to be a horse trainer with no truck. So, you know, I've had them go both ways. I've got a lot of money for cow horses, it felt like, and then, you know, I've got running horses that ended up being duds but you know you learn every time it's just like dating you know you learn every time what you can deal with and what you can't and what works for you and what doesn't and and you know the more experience you can get the faster you're going to be at doing it again so I also want to encourage everybody you know like don't be scared to let it go because every time I let something go I got something better but if I would have said 
you know, that, that cowbred mare that could win 1D locally, but I was in the 2D all the time at big shows or out of the money, if I would have said this is good enough, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today because I, I settled. But because I knew, like, well, what's your goal, Trisha? Well, shoot, I want to win. So how am I going to win? Well, I got to get rid of this horse. I love that mare. But I'm like, I hope I found her a great home. She's with a great home now. I still, I still know what she's doing. Um, and, you know, I wanted to go to the next level. I knew she would be more competitive in a youth kind of, you know, home where she could really excel in the youth competition, but she just wasn't tough enough to run with the big stuff. So, um, you know, don't be afraid of that stuff too. So don't be afraid of like intimidated by the fraternity stuff or the open stuff or the horses, right? So I don't want anybody listening to this to think like, well, I could never own a son of Dash thing because you dang sure can, you know, it's how much work are you willing to put in? How much are you willing to learn? Um, when I look at, at horses, I joke like when I was young, when I was like 18 and people were paying me to ride, like I wish I could give all those people their money back because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I mean, I'm sure I did good for what I knew. I worked hard, but compared to what I know now, I mean, it's like night and day, you know, and I think about that a lot too, as far as like, oh man, you know, that horse that like kept running off and we put bigger bits on him and do this and do that. Well, I bet that sucker was a bleeder. Like I just didn't know, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So, like, I always want to encourage everybody to always have that learning attitude and that optimism. Like, that if you want to be a 1D competitor, you can be a 1D competitor. If you want to go to the weekend jackpots and just have fun, you can do as good as you want to do. Like, no one is stopping you. The more you're willing to learn and to seek out help from anyone. I mean, all of you guys doing this course, like, that's this is what it's about, is to continue your learning. If you're willing to do that, you can accomplish any goal. Um, everyone in this, I've had some people, you know, oh, I don't want to share my videos, but like all of us started from that. Like, I mean, I have been there, done that. I have ridden in the play days and, you know, done all of it. That's, that is how you learn. So don't be intimidated about that. And don't be intimidated about the competition because if you are saying, Hey, my goal is to futurity, you know, like get ready, get your ass kicked. I mean, that's just how it's going to go. You know, and I tell kids that when they're doing high school rodeo with me. And I'm like, okay, when you're your first year, you're going to get your ass kicked. It doesn't even matter if you have a good horse. Like, you might get lucky, but generally, you're going to get your butt kicked. And then you're going to learn what to do, what not to do. Get over the pressures and the anxieties and the fear. And push through and get better and get more solid and, you know, continue to rise. So, anything that you're doing, even if it's not going how you want it to go... Take that as a learning experience and make sure that you're, you know, taking the good from that. You know, I walked in the barn tonight and, I, you know, my, I did clean my stalls and I turned all my horses out. And I was like, God, oh, I hate cleaning stalls. But you know what? I'm really lucky I got stalls to clean. And I'm really lucky I got nice horses to put in the barn. And so then you can go through and clean your stalls with a better attitude. So I think it's just turning turning around that those small things and kind of making them into better things. So I want I want to just give everybody that hope, you know, what whatever it is that you hope to accomplish. And and um, we talked a little bit about futurities here and a little bit about how I got, kind of got started and horses I've had and you know not being afraid to have that you know upgrade your horsepower and not being afraid to learn. So if you guys have any questions at all, let me know. And, and um, I'm sure we'll go a little more in depth to like what I do at fraternities and, you know, 
how I care for my horses and all that stuff too. But, but, uh, I just want to share this, my kind of my thoughts with you guys tonight. So I hope everybody's having a good week. If you guys have any questions, let me know.